Praise the Lord. I tell you, we've I've been encouraged, been seeing some testimonies online, and um, there's a video. Some of you may have seen it that uh, this one brother was sharing, where this guy was. They were in an outdoor service, and he was in his came in a wheelchair, but he didn't stay in a wheelchair. He was. They had him up, man. He was just walking and worshiping and praising God, and and I'm thanking the Lord today because He's still a healer, and we have to believe that that God will do what He said He will do. I know He's going to do it. If you've got your Bibles and want to turn to Genesis chapter 37, I'm going to read uh, about three verses here, and then turn over to chapter 42 and read a few verses there. So. Starting with Genesis 37 and verse 18. 37 and 18. This is in the, we're jumping right in the middle of the life of Joseph. And uh, at the beginning, actually, I guess, of where uh, his process was going to start. Verse 18, it says that when they saw him, speaking about his brothers, when his brothers, when they saw him far off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him. Cast him in some pit, and we will say some evil beast has devoured him. And we shall see what will become of his dreams. In chapter 42 or 45, maybe that's where I'm at. Yeah, actually 45. I may have told you 42, but it, uh, 45 in verses 5 through 8. And Joseph now is speaking to his brothers. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. So I want to talk for just a few moments tonight this, uh, this has seemed to stay with me some today a little lengthy title but uh, three statements believe the promise embrace the process see the miracle so let's, let's pray for the lesson tonight and see what God will show us tonight Lord we love you and praise you for your goodness and mercy and Lord we know tonight that Our steps are ordered by you, that you've got us in your hand. Tonight, Lord, help us to hear your word and receive it. Lord, that we can walk better, walk worthy, be what you called us to be. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Now give the Lord another hand clap and a shout of praise in this house tonight. Now you can be seated. Thank you for standing tonight. So believe the promise we have to believe uh, in what God has for us the Bible says that we come to God we must first believe that he is God 
we have to believe that he's God and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. All of that in that one scripture there tells me that uh, it'll take belief, it'll take some embracing, and it'll take some seeking and uh, to see the miracle. Uh, anytime that we want to uh, have something, there's going to be a process. We, we don't like process. Process indicates time. And we're impatient. Uh, a dictionary, uh, I guess, um, definition of this uh, process is that says there is a series of progressive. So you got to remember in a process you're always progressing, moving forward. When it comes to the plan that God has for you or the road you walk with God, God's never going to cause you to regress. He doesn't want you to fall and to fail and to go backwards. He knows that happens, but that's never his intent. He does not tempt us with evil. He does not try to deceive us or trick us or hurt us or confuse us. He's not the author of confusion. So a series of progressive and interdependent steps by which uh, an end result is attained. Uh, We want what God has for us, but there will be a process. We must believe there is a promise. It's not so hard sometimes to believe uh, the promise until we get in the process because we can't figure out how in the world this process is supposed to produce the promise that God said we'd have. It just seems so opposite. Uh, A lot of times, uh, maybe like Joseph, we get a glimpse of the promise uh, you know, Joseph had his dreams, and in his dreams, uh, he was uh, standing there, and his family was bowing down before him, and that's what he saw, and that's all that he saw. I do not think that he could figure in that there will be a betrayal before this happens, and that I'll be cast into a pit. For they didn't want to just just betray him; they wanted to slay him. Uh, you know, he had no idea that uh, you know when there is a promise given to any of us, there will be something that wants to kill that. But I'm thankful even that uh, Reuben, even though he was unstable as water, his father said so, but that uh, because he was double-minded in his ways, but uh, he was unstable. But he at least had enough sense to say, let's don't kill this boy because we don't want his blood on our hands. But still the first thought was when they saw the dreamer, let's slay him. Let's slay him throw him somewhere and and lie about it, say some animal has killed him, and uh, we'll be done with it. And we'll see what becomes of these dreams that he has told. And and so I know that we don't uh, often understand when we try to think, we're like, I heard God say that I would be this, and all of a sudden we're in the worst trial and the worst test, or or we're in this place where we can't... uh, seem to make heads or tails of anything. We, we call it, uh, you know, wilderness experiences, desert places, dry places. You know, we, we have all kind of names for it. And we're like, I don't understand because I know I heard from God. Okay. And you believed it when you heard it. I sure did. Now you're going to have to embrace the process if you're ever going to see the miracle. You know, we don't like the process. That's that time thing. But we remember time's not the same to us as it is to God. The scripture says that uh, one day with the Lord is, is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. You know, and so 
that waiting game uh, makes us sick because we really want the promise. But we've got to understand and we've got to believe it. And there's no jumping this step. There's no, there you go. You know, uh, I, he gave me a promise, boom, I've got it. it it's, there's no quick step. There's no getting by that. There's no, uh, you don't draw a card and get to, get to move ahead. It, it doesn't work like that. You're going to go through the process that God has laid out so the miracle will be what it's intended to be. God's always had order like that. From the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God was slain, but he came, and it didn't just happen you know, like that. He was born into this world as an infant, as a child, and raised, and he walked, and he grew, and he was flesh, and he was blood, and he was tempted in all points as we were, and he was loved by some, and he was hated by many. He was betrayed. He was lied on. He was killed. That's but it said, for the joy that was before him, he endured because he embraced what was there. He knew what he had to do. When they would rebuke him for it, he said, shall I not drink this cup that's been given to me? If I don't do what I was called to do, then how is this miracle going to happen? How is this salvation going to occur? And he even prayed. He said, Lord, if the only way is possible for this cup to pass that I drink it, then your will be done. I'll drink the cup. I'll, I'll go through the process because people have got to be saved. And that's what we started out with at the foundation of the world. It was that believing that uh, this would happen one day. But for us, you know, when we, we get our hearts set on what God has said, you know, and it takes time and it takes time and it takes time. Well, hope deferred, the scripture said, makes the heart sick. But... When the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. I love that scripture, Proverbs 13 and 12, because hope makes the uh, deferred, makes the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it's going to come. God said it, it'll happen. If God put it out there, his word will not return void. And that doesn't just mean what's in this book. If he spoke it to you, it will come to pass. Hey, it might come to pass after you close your eyes in this world. But it'll come to pass because God will not lie. So we, uh, we as this, these flesh, blood, impatient people, man, we, we don't even like, you know, we don't even like to, we, to order something and it's a four to six weeks before delivery. Uh-uh. We will pay that money to get that second day that second day air or that uh, something. We, we're going to get that expedited shipping. and But, you know, the problem with this day and age is it doesn't matter. You pay that now, and it still doesn't show up. And they say, well, COVID, everything's shipping slow. It's COVID. And, and then we just we hate the process of way we want it, but it's what it is. And uh, eventually that package will show up unless FedEx is bringing it. That's the problem, you know. That's just hey, at least in our part of the country. I don't know where maybe they bring y'all stuff, but I'm telling you where we are. You may never find it. Listen, <laughs> but listen, when God promises it, it will come to pass because He cannot lie, and He doesn't want to lie, and He doesn't want to trick us or to get our hopes up and dash our hopes. When God promises something, listen, there's going to be a process. And he wants us to have, guess what, 
He wants us to have what he has promised. He is, how many believes that he wants everybody to have the Holy Ghost? Sure he does. He promised it. But there's a process to that too. And uh, so, But I was thinking of that in, uh, even in uh, John chapter 14. Uh, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And, and just listen how he comforts them and, and talks to them in these first three verses. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So he, he's telling them this because he knows that in this process of time, from the time I leave till the time I come back to get you, there's going to be so many things that will try you. So many things that will come against you. So many things that will try to uh, beat you down, deter you, discourage you, push you off of serving me. But don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Don't, if you believe God, believe in me. Believe me. So there we go. We must believe. What was the promise? That in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. So he's not going to lie. I'm telling you the truth. You've got to believe that. But... I've got to go prepare that. That means there's a process going on right now, and you've got to stay faithful till I get back. Don't let things in this world and things in your life, things in your own mind, don't let your own humanity talk you out of what God called you to be. I'm talking about even as down to the base of who we are, a child of God. Forget the ministries we've been walked into, that we've walked into and been called into. Just as a child of God, do not let anything, just because things have gotten tough, uh, move you away from the promise. Because there's a miracle, one miracle that's coming. It's when you hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. But there is a process from the time you believed at an altar. From the time you believed and went down in the water, from the time you believed and were filled with the Holy Ghost, there is a process going on in your life. We could date everybody's salvation experience in here, and it would be a timeline. Some have had it this many years, this many years, this many years, this many months, maybe, and go all the way down. But every one of us are now in the process waiting for the coming of the Lord. And now in this, there can be multiple things and promises that we've been given as children of God. God has called us in the ministries, and, and we are waiting patiently, uh, I hope, patiently, just patiently. No murmuring, no grumbling, no disputing, just waiting with a smile on our face for God to finally open that door that we know he said he was going to open. He will open that door. By the promise and principle of his word, it has to open. Because he said, your gift will make room for you. That means if he gave you a gift, there is a room, a door that is opening to a room. It, it will. There's a place for you to be, but it just may not be yet. So we got to believe the promise, embrace the process, and then we will see the miracle. That's what Jesus said in just go over one chapter, uh, chapter 15 and verse 4. Jesus told him, he said, abide in me. That's the, the deal. That's the process. You've got to stay in him and 
I in you. We, we, it's more than you know, just coming to church and sitting here. We've got to stay in him as well. And so abide in me and I in you. He said the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You're never going to see uh, what you could actually really be if you bail out. It's the one, the, the crazy dynamic of referring to us as branches and trees is that uh, we can make like a tree and leave. Yeah. I hope y'all got that up for the podcast now. But we're, we're, you know, even though we're like trees, we can walk away. We can leave. We can uh, get away from him. And if we do that, we'll never reach the potential. He said, you, the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. The only way that you are going to bear fruit, become mature, and produce what you were designed to produce is that you stay in me. You know what affects uh, uh, trees? Storms affect trees. Don't let storms destroy you. You shouldn't because Jesus said, you're, not only are you a tree, but you're part of the church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. There's no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. There's promises for our trees. We got it? And so... Uh, don't let storms, you know what else? Uh, drought, dry seasons can harm a tree. But hey, listen, when we're rooted and grounded, he said if we'll be like trees that will be like trees that are planted by rivers of water. He didn't say you'd actually be by a river of water. He said you'd be like trees planted by a river of water. And so he said you're going to be fed from the root up. If you stay with me, it doesn't matter how hot it gets outside. There's always going to be something because this is living water. We've got something in us that's always, he said, you drink this water, you'll never thirst again. You know, a tree gets thirsty. But we don't get thirsty because even in the hottest, driest time, the heat don't bother us because uh, uh, we are rooted and grounded in truth and in love and got the Holy Ghost inside of us constantly nourishing us, feeding us, keeping us. Let's see if we pay too much attention to what's going on outside around us. You know, you, know what, you know what trees have to do? Trees have to endure seasons. A tree doesn't bear fruit year-round, but it's still a fruit tree. And it's going to have to endure sometimes when there's no leaves or fruit. But guess what? If it just sticks around, it's coming. You feel those, those little buds are starting to come. Here comes... You know, here comes the, the leaves back, here comes the flower, and all of a sudden here's the fruit, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing until it's mature. And it's doing exactly, but it's only because it, the branch will abide. And we've got to abide in him and remember that he is for us, not against us. Luke 12 and 32, Jesus said, Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So don't let fear enter into this. Don't let, uh, don't, you know, not even fear that, hey, I'm going to be the, you know, some people just get afraid that something's never going to come to pass. They get afraid that it's passed them by. And, and let me, God's not going to do that to you. God's not going to, uh, hey, look at that, and then sneak past you. When you serve God and stay focused on God, listen, when it gets there, you'll be ready for it. 
You'll be like Simeon. Read about him in the first part of Luke. How he, he, the Lord told him, said, you will not pass away until you've seen the Lord's Christ. You're not going to pass away. Old man, just old guy, been hanging around forever, waiting and waiting and waiting. Guess what? He did not die. I'm sure a lot of people thought, man, how long is that guy going to live? But he was still alive, and he said, now I can depart in peace. You know, it took a time. It was a process from the time he was, I don't know when, what if he was 20 or 15 when God told him that? What if he woke up one morning as a child and the Lord spoke to him when he was five years old and said, hey, Simeon, you're not going to die till you see the Christ. And now he's 100 or however old he is, you know, and years and years and years and years looking, look, is that him, is that him, is that him? Always looking until finally he knew this was it. But it was because he stayed faithful to God and he saw what God said he would see. He believed the promise, he embraced the process, and he saw the miracle. There's always going to be a process. He promised us that we could be new creatures in him. But there's a process to that miracle. That's a great miracle that, uh, hey, if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Your sins are washed away. And all things have become new. That's great. But there's a process. It doesn't just happen. You've got the, uh, the man, there's repentance. There's, well, there's belief. And then there's repentance and baptism, being filled with the Holy Ghost, walking daily with him, taking up your cross. There's a process. We all want to hear, well done. That's, uh, we, we can't wait to hear that. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well, there's a process to hearing that. And so, yeah, I know we don't like process. Time, man, oh, we don't, we're, we're impatient. I, believe me, I know, I, I, I was impatient. Always wondering, when's God going to open that door? When are we going to start a church? When are we going to pastor somewhere? What, what's going to happen? I know, and I get it. But I would not be here today if I had did my own thing, made my own path, and got off the path that God had for me. We've got to remember God's going to take care of us. There are two reasons too that I want to look at that maybe are for a process. And I'm sure they can be plenty, but these two right here stand out. Number one reason for the process is it's got to be in God's time, so it's God's timing. God is not going. God is a God of order, and He's not going to just let things be done crazy and, and all over the place. He He's going to have an order, a process. He, he's going to have it down. God's a planner. He's a, He's a planner. We are a lot of us are not. I won't say all of us because some of us are very good, detailed planners. I am not. Uh, that way, I, I I really fly by the seat of my pants a lot of times, and just say, "Hey, yeah, let's get it done." Let's, and I end up with more stuff than I can do at one time, because I didn't plan. And so, uh, but God has a time. He understands things. He understands. That's why He says His word. There's a time and a season for everything. It, it can't. Everything can't just grow at the same time. Everything can't just die at the same time. There's got to be seasons of rain, seasons of heat, seasons of, of uh, harvest. You, know, you, know, you don't plant and harvest at the same time. It's, it's a process once you plant. And so remember, God's got a time for everything. And he's got a time for you. Anything you do just about in this life is timed. If you, hey, if, you're, if you cook, if you're, you, you bake, you set the oven, and then you set the timer. Because, you know, 
You can't just put it in the oven and take it right back out and say, it's done. It's not done. Well, it went in the oven, but it didn't stay. It's got to go through the process of, of heating up and changing. And, and those, uh, you know, man, you love biscuits, you love stuff like that. But you don't eat them raw. So I don't guess. I don't. But it isn't amazing the transformation. I mean, 10 minutes in the heat, and buddy, or what would we be if we would just endure the process? Sometimes we look at ourselves and we're like, man, I'm just, all, I'm just not incomplete. You're just in the oven. The timer hasn't went off yet. Hang in there. You're going to make it. Hey, God even said uh, one place about choosing us out of the furnace of affliction. Out of the furnace. Heat. Hot. You know, making something out of us. Now, the other thing uh, is our preparation. So two reasons for the process that we should always look, remember. Is it God's timing? And are we ready? God's preparation, our preparation. Oftentimes we are not ready. Most times we are not ready. Joseph certainly was not ready to be a leader in Egypt as a child. He was not, he didn't have that, uh, we don't even know that that gift of discerning dreams was even in him yet uh, to, to discern as he did while he was in uh, the prison that, that got him out of there. We, you know, that he would have that kind of wisdom yet. He, he was going to have to go through the process to become who he was. So he, he wasn't ready yet. And we're oftentimes, hey, don't feel bad about it. Doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. It's just like that all through the scripture. People are given promises, uh, and then, but you're not ready yet. Some of the most basic ones, hey, you're going to have a child. Today? No, not today. According to the time of life. Oh, so I got to go through the process. That's right. You're going to get big. Your ankles going to swell up. You're going to throw up. You're going to you're go through all of that. And it's going to hurt something fierce when it's time. And then you'll be so happy, though. What's the Bible say? But, oh, when she has that child, she forgets about all that stuff for the joy that a man's child has brought into the world. And she, you know, she forgets all about that. And we're the same way. Once it finally happens, we're so glad that we stood in there, that we stayed. We didn't bail out. And so, uh, but often we're not ready for the promised miracle when it's spoken in our lives. So God brings us through the process to get us ready. You know, you, you think about, boy, uh, hey, I would love a good, some good corn on the cob. Somebody hands you a pack of seeds and says, there you go. That ain't corn on the cob. It will be. Plant it. And guess what? It ain't going to be corn the next day either. But in a little while, you'll see a little shoot coming up out of the ground. Stalk comes on up. Here comes the ear then the full ear of corn. Process. It takes time. But then guess what you got? You've got the corn. If you can endure it, if you can hang in there with it, you can say, this is what I've got to do. A seed must be planted, then it's going to take time. It's going to go through seasons. It's going to grow. It's going to mature. Then it will be the product. It's like that, hey, 
cut that apple in half, get that little brown seed out. Oh, look at that apple. That ain't no apple. It'll uh, plant it, and it'll become a tree that'll make apples. Process. And so that's the thing with us is, is God is putting stuff in us that it's got to take time to develop in us. And we, we've got to, uh, we've got to, the Bible says in our patience we possess our souls. We've got to learn to be patient, waiting on God. And, and I know, uh, I've told people, you know, some of you in here, when I've talked to you about some things you're facing, and I've told you, I, I'm going to say something right now that we all hate to hear. Be patient. Man, I always slide my chair back just a little farther when I say that because I don't want to get punched in the throat for saying, because most people are like, if one more person tells me to just be patient. But I speak the truth, home slice. I'm telling you, patience, it is a virtue. But tribulation worketh patience. And one of the most trying things in our life is waiting. Going through the process. We think about the tribulation like fire and brimstone and things attacking us. But it's not always that. It's just the waiting is a trial to my faith. You know what's one of my greatest trials is lines. Waiting in lines. That's a fact. I will walk out of a place and not even get lunch if I have to wait. I'll just... I'll, I'll come home and eat some chips or something. I won't. I, I walk in. Oh, I really want. I know they've got that good food. Today. Look, that's six. I'm waiting for six people. I'm out of here. I've done it many times. I just won't wait. I just that's me. And but that's food. That's not waiting on the Lord. You know. Uh, but th- that's the thing is, uh, we've got to wait if we really want what what we're after. You've got to wait. You've got to be patient. Listen, Jesus started them out. He said, let's go ahead and throw you. Just I'm going to throw you right in the water as soon as I meet you. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. What in the world does that mean? I guess you're going to have to follow him to find out. To make you is going to be a process. It's going to, be, it's going to take time. You, hey, you, when they woke up the next day and Jesus was still around, are we, hey, are we fishers of men yet? No. One time they said, you want us to call fire down out of heaven and burn them people up? You don't even know what spirit you have. And they walking with him because you're not ready. The, the time ain't went off yet. You're still cooking. You, you still, you, you still, you still trying to get mature. And, you know, Peter, be it far from you. Oh, you ain't done yet either. <laughs> and so he had to tell Peter one time. He said, "Listen, you're going to be sifted, whoo, uh, as wheat." He said, "But I'm praying that your faith doesn't fail because I need you to endure and embrace this process because I'm going to need you on that day of Pentecost. So I'm praying that your faith will not fail, that you'll keep on believing in the promise, that you'll embrace the process, and you will see the miracle, Peter. So even walking with him sometimes, uh, hey, we're in a good place, we're learning, but we're not ready. Peter wasn't ready for Pentecost yet. Uh-uh, he wasn't ready yet. And, and them guys wasn't ready to, to start ministering on their own yet because they, they was ready to just burn folks up. 
Hey, I read one time in the scripture where they call fire down and burn. Let's see if he'll let us do that. No, he won't. <laughs> He's not going to let you do that. He said, you, didn't even know what, you don't even know what spirit you have. So, so now we, we just we we'll get back to Joseph because I, I don't want to be long uh, tonight, but just pull out a few more things. Now, Joseph, according to studying and, and looking, you'll find he, he was either around 12 or 13 years old whenever the dreams were given to him. But he was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh. So 17 years, uh, you know, and now he's teenagers now. Teenagers are the most impatient people. And just, you know, and here here Joseph has a teenager. Uh, Everything else that's going on in his life is being a teenager. Guess what? Teenagers were no different back then than they are now. The same same thing. They got to go through it. Um, he was given these dreams. Nobody else could recognize and see it. Don't don't count on everybody else to just uh, once God's called you into something to just rally around you and say okay, because <laughs> they can't see what God has spoke into your life. They don't know that yet, and and uh, you know that's why they were upset with Joseph. Everybody couldn't receive what he was saying to them, and and uh, so they couldn't accept it. They even hated him for that. And you know, whether it was jealousy, I don't know. Maybe they were jealous. Hey, I'm Reuben. I'm the oldest, and you just a little punk kid. You gonna tell me I'm gonna bow down to you? You ain't been around here but a minute, and we've been around. We've seen some things. We've gone through some stuff, and now you're gonna tell us that this is how it's gonna end up. We're gonna bow down to you. They hated him for it. It's kind of like that parable that Jesus taught. He said, man, some labored all day. Some came in at the last hour. But everybody got paid the same. And them guys that bore the heat of the day said, hey, what's up with that? And the Lord said, I didn't do you any wrong. You agreed for a penny. That's what you got. But what I'm saying is that you know, you, you've got to remember that you don't let... You know, when you see other people's gifts and things coming, hey, I can't tell you why God's timing is. You know, hey, some people, man, they're cooking in a crock pot and some are in the microwave. I don't know what the difference is. I don't. Hey, I can tell you this, that when I came into the church, I came in in 1993. I was ordained in 1994, and people did not like it. There was some young guys, guys that were, they were younger than me, but they were raised in that church. And they, who's this guy? He's brand new, and all of a sudden he's getting ordained in the ministry, and he's starting to preach. I don't know why God moved, hurried me along, but I couldn't change what I felt. And my pastor was okay with what he was doing. He, he, he felt it. So, you know, I wasn't going, oh, he asked me to get up and preach or testify or say something. Whew. People just like, what? Everybody didn't want to shake your hand after church. That's what happens. But it was just, it's just what it is. And so if you're cooking, if you're one of them recipes it's all day because it's got to be that way, you just got to embrace it. And then don't be mad at the microwave guy. Some some folks are roast, some people's hot pockets. That's just how it goes. Hey, David 
was the youngest in his family. And it wasn't just like a little secret meeting where they come and told David, hey, guess what, you're going to be king. Marched him right there in front of all them brothers that had just got passed up and poured oil on his head. That's why they treated him so rough when he showed up with that cheese and bread. We know why you're here. You just come out here to see the battle. You, the, you, you just, we know the naughtiness of your heart. And he's like, what did, I, what did I do? I was out there perfectly fine watching the sheep. They, they called me. And, see, and he said, I walk up, next thing I know, they're dumping oil on my head. But, hey, Samuel didn't say, I'll be by tomorrow, pick you up, we'll head to the palace. Process. David's going to uh, spend some time with Saul, going to be hunted by Saul, attempted murder by Saul. You know, David had to learn and grow and do a lot of things before he ever sat down on that throne as king. Process. But he, he ended up on that throne just like God said he would. So it doesn't matter what, you know, Saul didn't like it, wanted to stop it, but he couldn't. Nobody could, could stop it. David still got there. They didn't like Joseph, hated Joseph, couldn't stop it. Thought they stopped it. Thought, well, out of sight, out of mind, he's gone. No matter what they say or do, it does not stop your dream, that dream, whatever it is that God gave you from coming true. God had laid out Joseph's uh, destiny, and it was up to Joseph now to stick to the process because God will not force us to do those things. And so when his brothers, and you know, here's the thing, Joseph's in Egypt now most of that time in prison, at least probably close to 10 years of it in prison, if not more. And now when his brothers come to buy bread and stuff, when they come to Egypt to get grain and all that stuff, they come before him. They don't even recognize him. But he knows who they are. Because they hadn't changed. They were still the same guys. But the process that God had put Joseph through had changed him so much that he was unrecognizable. Let me tell you, it, you're, you're going to change. If you, you're not going to be the same as you were at the beginning when that miracle starts coming to pass. You're going to be changed if you go through the process. So for 17 years, Joseph was uh, experiencing things. He was enduring things. He was growing. He was maturing into what God intended him to be. It took 17 years for that to happen. How many years did David hide in caves and, and stay in the land of the Philistines, hiding from Saul before? He, he, process, process, process. And here's the, the great thing is that, you know, the, the brothers, when they concocted their plan, they said, Here's what we'll do. We'll slay him. We'll get rid of him. And then we shall see what will become of these dreams. You know what became of them? They became true. <laughs> they came to pass. Because then nothing can stop what God sets in order. And so God will set it in order. And they came true. These dreams came true. What's going to become of this dreamer? What's going to become of these dreams? Guess what? You're going to be bowing down in front of him. Just like he said. But he told them, he said, you didn't do it. He said, look, don't be grieved or angry with yourself that you sold me here. God sent me before you. This was all God's plan. God did. God will take these evil things, these things that are so bad and wicked, and use that. So sometimes when you feel like, why am I going through all this meanness or 
wickedness or what? Well, just think about Joseph. Being lied on, forgotten about, sold, all these things going on in his life. And all that was part of the process. God didn't use him despite all that. That was part of it. And, or in spite of that, that was part of it. And so when we're going through those things, we're like, well, I must be doing something wrong, or maybe I didn't hear God, or something's done happening. Why? Because that's how you feel. It's not all about our feelings. It's about faith in the promise. That's why I said at the beginning, you've got to believe the promise, and then you've got to embrace the process, and then you will see the miracle. And so Joseph even said, the things that you intended for evil, God used it for good. And so you, you thought that, he, that you had me, but God sent me before you to preserve you, a posterity in this earth to save your lives by a great deliverance. So it was not you that sent me here, but God sent me here. You know, there's nothing that ever gets out of God's scope. He, he's never missing anything uh, when it comes to what he's promised us. He doesn't forget and somebody else takes the reins. God orders every bit of it. And so God has every intention of fulfilling the call that he has placed on our lives. Philippians 1 and 6 tells us that he that has begun a good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Be confident of this. Be confident that if he called me, he'll do it. God will perform it. Embrace the process and receive the miracle. And no matter what they thought of Joseph before, it did not change who Joseph was now. And no matter what anybody thinks about you at the beginning of your miracle, when God gets done, it doesn't matter what they think about it. You are who God has made you to be. Joseph's brothers couldn't prevent it. Nobody else can prevent it for us. They were just part of the process. So, you know, the Bible says that we're all a, a sacrifice, a living sacrifice. And, but it also says that every sacrifice shall be salted with fire. And that don't feel good. That salting with fire. Our brother Conway preached one time and said, when, that, when that, that salt in here, he said, it'll make you squirm. But he says salt is good. The Bible says salt is good. He said, you may squirm at the salt in the fire as it falls on you, and, uh, but, and you may feel the pressure as the hands of the potter are molding you, but you can't abort the process. You've got to stay there. You, you can feel that pressure. As he's making you into what he wants you to be, but stay there. That's what he wants. Keep on serving. Keep on walking. Keep on believing in the dream. It's going to come to pass. We never know. Sometimes we don't even realize that God's doing something in our life. We don't, we don't even recognize it. Had no idea. In John chapter 9, and I won't, I won't read uh, all of this, but uh, it starts out, it says, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. His disciples asked him, say, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither has this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Jesus passed by and saw this man that he already knew from his birth. He knew him from his birth already. And then one day, as Je Jesus has walked all over Israel and all through Jerusalem and Judea and all different places and it was on this particular day 
that he sees this man who was born blind, uh, and he, you know, he's been blind since a child, and, and he said, and there's, whether you see it or not, I see it. This man was born like this so that the works of God could be made manifest. Well, uh, Isaiah prophesied of the Lord and said, when the blinded eyes are open, Isaiah 35, he said, when blinded eyes are open, he said, that's when you know that your God has come to save you. This miracle was reserved. This one guy, nameless to us in the scripture, he was the man that would be that stamp saying, this is God in the flesh. This will be the, he, he was the fulfilling of Isaiah 35, whether he knows it or not. Whether he had any idea or not. Maybe later on he was uh, reading and, oh, hey, my eyes got opened. But we already know that he questioned when the Pharisees wanted to know uh, what happened to him. He said, has it ever been told that any man opened blinded eyes? No, it wasn't. nobody, no prophet, no matter what they did, calling fire out of heaven, all the things they did, nobody ever opened blinded eyes because it was reserved for God alone. And there's some things that God's got set up for you that maybe you don't even realize yet, but it's coming. And so this guy just had to grow up blind. He didn't get to run around like all the other kids. He didn't see all that. He didn't see his mom's face, his dad's face. He didn't see the colors of the sky or the grass or the trees or any of those things. He didn't. He 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 lived in, and he was old enough. He was an adult. He was of age because when he was questioned, his parents said, "Ask him. He's old enough. You can ask him. You don't have to ask us." So he's grown up like this. But it was all waiting on this one day, and so he had to live like that until the Lord said, "Now it's time." And he made the spittle on the ground, made the clay, put it on his eyes, said, now go wash. So he had to believe, embrace the process, but said he came back seeing. He did what Jesus asked. You know, I, I, I mentioned this the other day. He could have got mad, wiped his eyes out, and said, I can't believe this is nonsense. But sometimes the Lord will ask you to do some things that might, might seem like nonsense. To us, what seems like nonsense is waiting why do I have to wait? Why can't I have it now? Because you're not ready, and sometimes I'm not ready. I've got a time also. And so all these people, he was born blind so that God's glory could be revealed. Uh, they were, his parents, they didn't get an angelic announcement saying, listen, he's going to be born blind. But at about 25 years old, maybe, I don't know how old, you know, 18, 25, something, when he's an adult, the Lord's going to come by and open his eyes. So they could just be, oh, I'm waiting for the day. No. They had reserved themselves that this was how it was going to be. Sometimes we reserve ourselves that, well, it's just going to be like this. I guess I'll never see what God wants. Ah, but one day here comes Jesus. Let me tell you, the Lord's going to come by and let you know uh, that I've got something for you to do. I, I, I'm going to tell you how to see the miracle. And whatever it is he tells you, you do it, it'll happen. Whatever it is, just like he told him to go wash, he came back seeing, God's going to tell you, if he says just hang in there a little bit longer, it's going to happen. If he tells you to fast, it'll whatever, it'll happen. But we've got to be ready to embrace the process. Nobody recognized the miracle that this man was. Nobody saw him when he was probably sitting on the street begging. Look at that miracle just waiting to happen. But oh, one day he comes seeing 
One day he walked, he was hanging around a temple, seeing, and the Lord came and found him and said, hey, do you believe on the Lord? He said, I wish I knew who he was so I could. He said, here I am. You know, and so God's going to come through. You've got to believe that. Just like this young man was conceived, birthed, raised, then he was healed, all God's plan. So, honey, you can come on to the music tonight. Whatever God has promised you, I promise you this, there is a process. You're just going to have to believe it. Even healing, we've learned that and talked about that lately, that healing is a process. It doesn't always come as a miracle exactly like that, just like sometimes it does. Sometimes we pray for people and they say, I felt that, and boom, they're healed. They're, they're whole right then and there. There's a miracle of healing. But sometimes healing is a process, and that can be physical or emotional. So we try to do what Paul instructed. We don't get weary in well-doing. For in due season, that's just another word for process, we shall reap. That's a miracle. If we faint not, that's embrace. So don't faint. Embrace it. Hang in there. You're going to see it come to pass. No matter what people say, what people do, listen, the promise is from the Lord, not man. But the process, if we learn anything from Joseph, is also from the Lord, not man. You hear me? He told him, he said, therefore, it was God that sent me. Yeah, you're the one that threw me in that hole. Guess what? God's plan. I had to go stay in prison, got lied on, got thrown in prison. God's plan. God had me places all along the way so he could keep me where he needed me until it was time for me to step out before Pharaoh and interpret these dreams and do. He had to keep me somewhere. So sometimes the place that he keeps us is maybe not our favorite place. You know, the, the prison that he was in, that Joseph was in, was called the place where they kept the king's prisoners. Sometimes you're just a prisoner of the king. But then when it was time, he said, come on, clean him up, shave him, get him out there quick. I need him. And that's what it is. Sometimes I, I, I preached... I did. I actually preached this a long time ago, uh, years way back, one of my first messages. But I've talked about sometimes we we feel like we're doing spiritual time. You know, when they put you in prison, they call it doing time. Well, sometimes it felt like we're doing spiritual time. But look where Joseph was at. He was where the king's prisoners go. Sometimes we're where the king's prisoners go. And Joseph did not want to be there. God was blessing everything he touched. The jailer recognized it. I mean, he wasn't having to bust rocks or anything. I mean, he was pretty much, you know, just making his own way while he was even in prison. But he said, I don't want to be here. When you get out, remember me so I can get out of this place. We don't want to be there. But we can't get out too soon. We won't be ready. We can't get out before it's time. It it won't work. We've got to come out when it's time. So it'll always be perfect when it's God's timing. So don't get weary. Remember, the promise is from the Lord. The process is from the Lord. So walk in the process and you will see the miracle. Let's gather up around the front tonight. Find a place to pray. Ask the Lord to help you in this process that you're in right now.
Lord, help me to get through this. I want to see the miracle.
Thank you, Jesus. Let's do, let's do one more thing before we dismiss tonight. Whatever it is that you feel like you know God's spoke into your life, maybe it hadn't come to pass yet, or maybe it's something you're praying. You know, we have promises when we pray, too, that if we ask something in His name, if we don't doubt, He said you can receive it. That's a promise. So whatever promise you're hanging on to right now, I need you to believe it. But, but right now, while you're waiting, and, and maybe maybe you've been a little discouraged because of the waiting, but let's lift our hands and just worship Him while we're waiting. And won't, won't you just tell Him? He, he, yeah, I know He knows our heart, but tell Him, say, Lord, like that song just said, I'm not turning back now. I'm going to wait. I'm going to see. I'm going to endure. I'm going to. I'm going to hang in. I'm going to endure hardness as a good soldier. I'm going to. I'm going to stick this out because I know you've got something great coming. So, I'm going to worship you while I'm waiting, Lord. Come on, that's it. You think about what it is you're waiting on, and you just go ahead and worship. You think about what you don't have yet, but go ahead and worship. You think about what you're waiting on, and you just go ahead and worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, because he's most important. Maybe you're waiting on a loved one to come back. Go ahead and worship. You might be waiting on that ministry. Go ahead and worship. Let's give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. We're not turning back. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I promise you this. You stick around, you'll see exactly what God's got for you. That's it. Praise God. Thank you for being in service tonight. I sure love you very much. Hope you have a blessed week. Sunday's going to be tremendous. Let's come in expecting God to do some great things. We might get past Sunday school this week. You never know. Praise God. We love you so much. Be dismissed in Jesus' name.